righty, what is going on? Welcome to the show. Happy third, no, Wednesday. Third Wednesday? What's today? It is Wednesday. I got ahead of myself there. Still Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Thank you very much for listening, for making me a part of your day. I do appreciate it. The phone numbers, if you want to weigh in on anything we uh, have on deck today, it's 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. And you can also hit me up on ye old Twitter machine. It's at Pete Callender. I am on Facebook, but I'm kind of not on Facebook. I mean, I've got like three different Facebook. I got a group. I got a page. I got my own account. And I just, I, yeah, don't do a lot of Facebooking. So um, a couple things. We got a couple guests today. We've got Congressman Dan Bishop coming up in about 20 minutes and then at 2 o'clock, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson will join the program. Um, so we'll be uh, talking, you know, some state stuff. But I want to start with some national stuff, a couple things. Uh, well, I guess I'll start internationally here and then work our way down. But uh, we've got the U.S. State Department, which is responsible, apparently, according to Glenn Beck, uh, the talk show host, for interfering with the departure of several planes that are holding American citizens and Afghan nationals at the Mazar is it Mazar I Sharif? Isharif? I Sharif? I Sharif? Anyway, I think it's how they pronounce that. Uh, the Mazar I Sharif Airport Blaze TV host Glenn Beck reported on air during his radio show yesterday the planes, which held at least 100 American citizens and 1,000 Afghan nationals, were chartered by Mercury One and the Nazarene Fund. Uh, that is a charity founded by Beck, aimed at facilitating evacuations from Afghanistan amid the U.S. military's withdrawal and the Taliban's takeover of the country. Over the weekend, news broke. This is, by the way, all according to TheBlaze.com, which is the media company that Glenn Beck founded as well. <clears throat> so over the weekend, news broke that multiple planes had been prevented from taking off after the Taliban refused to grant permission for the departure. But according to Glenn Beck, it wasn't the Taliban that initially stopped the planes from exiting the country. Rather, it was the State Department that refused to grant landing clearance to the planes, preventing them from departing. The uh, State Department allegedly called off the flights at the last minute, declining to approve the manifest. Beck added that the uh, U.S. officials went on to hand over that manifest to the Taliban, who I'm sure will only use it for good purposes. Um, the State Department is blaming the Taliban saying that uh, they're the reason uh, Antony Blinken, Secretary of State, said the Taliban is not letting charter flights depart from Afghanistan, <clears throat> which, I don't know about you, seems kind of, I don't know, active warlike. What do you think? Right? I mean, isn't that what they are doing? If they're kidnapping hundreds or thousands of people, not letting them leave their country, that seems kind of like an act of war. I'm not saying we, we, you know, send all the troops back. I'm not making that argument. I'm just trying to, like, figure out, like, what is the response here? What do you do if you've got a bunch of Americans that are trying to leave a country and they cannot? We can open up diplomatic channels with, what did you see this? The, uh, the, um, what are they called? The, it's not their, I guess it's the cabinet or their government, the Taliban government. It's all dudes. I can't believe it. They said they were going to be letting women be a part of the future of their country. 
it's almost like we can't trust them or something. So weird. Um, and like four of the five Taliban guys that we uh, traded for our trader, uh, yeah, they're all in charge again. They're all running the show. So that's fantastic. I mean, like I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way where this could be less humiliating, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, short of like Joe Biden in like a gimp outfit, I'm not sure how this looks worse. Um, let's see. I'm sorry for the visual too. My bad. Um, Glenn Beck noted that several members of Congress, including Congress or sorry, Senators Ted Cruz, uh, Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, as well as Democratic Senator Richard Blumenthal were directly involved in the evacuation efforts and were furiously urging the State Department not to block the flights. Ted Cruz confirmed to The Blaze that his office has been coordinating with the Nazarene Fund and as well as other NGOs, which are non-government organizations uh, that you know do charity and relief work and the like, um, but they, that he had been coordinating with the Nazarene Fund on evacuations and that the Biden administration has been obstructing their efforts. This is one of those things. Um, it's one of those things where I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but at some point, you know, Occam's razor dictates that you reassess your assumptions when what you believed initially doesn't square with what you're seeing. And Occam's razor dictates that you go with sort of the, the most obvious and easiest explanation. And so when the State Department says, it's totally the Taliban, and the, then the Taliban is like, not really. Like, yeah, you're, you're totally allowed to leave, and you've got the people that had been working with the Taliban that said that they had let them leave. Yeah. What possible explanation could you have for not... See, and this is the thing, too. Like, I've seen Glenn Beck and the Nazarene Fund take heat for this. Now, full disclosure, I have donated to the Nazarene Fund. It, their mission... It's been they've been they've been around for years. Their mission, uh, they Beck started them up uh, to get Christians out of Iraq, so they could be spared from ISIS, and uh, so this is sort of right along the same lines, right? Obviously, um, and people have been giving the Nazarene Fund as well as Glenn Beck. They've been giving them grief, saying, you know, how dare you only you know get the Christians out? See, you're an Islamophobe. Well, there's a very rational and logical reason why you focus on getting Christians out. It's because Christians are vetted by the churches because they go to the churches. And if you get uh, into the countries where, you know, Christians are being persecuted and you find the churches, they will know who their congregants are that need to get out of the country. And so that's the vetting process. It's much easier than trying to figure out, well, is this guy... You know, too close to the Islamist terrorists. Like, the Christians are not. Christians are not going to be too close to the Islamists that are trying to blow everything up, right? One of the nice things about working through the churches like that. So, uh, in response to inquiries about the situation in Afghanistan, how Glenn Beck's Nazarene group, uh, the Nazarene Fund, I mean, well, he's a founder of it, but he's he doesn't, operationally, he doesn't do anything with them. He turned it all over to, like, uh, like ex-military guys and stuff. They run all of the operations and they've saved. Like if you, this is the thing that always gets me. People who are actually interested in saving people from slavery and bondage, there are opportunities for you to do that right now. There are lots of, and the Nazarene Fund is one such opportunity. So if 
You know, you're spending all your time talking and thinking about slavery in America and how terrible it was. That still exists around the world, and you can actually make a difference in people's lives right now. You are called upon to do this work yourself, not to offload the responsibility onto somebody else via government. You can do something about it. You can donate money to various groups. You can act, you can get really involved if you want to. But you know you you you're not absolved of responsibility if you're a Christian. You're not absolved of responsibility just because you know government is you know has some programs or has built some sort of apparatus that they claim will totally get everybody out, but then doesn't really get everybody out. <laughs> so uh, you can do something about this. You can make a difference to people right now, slaves right now. Yeah. Um, in response to inquiries about the situation, the State Department has effectively thrown up its hands and conceded that there's not much it can do. Quote, we do not have personnel on the ground. We do not have air assets in the country. We do not control the airspace, whether over Afghanistan or elsewhere in the region, a State Department spokesman told The Blaze. But Glenn Beck took issue with that claim as well, telling The Blaze that with its statement, the department is, quote, knowingly misleading the American people. He said that while the State Department does not control the airspace anymore, it does have control over whether commercial planes take off and land in approved locations. I am shocked to learn that our government might not be telling us the total truth on something. This is a real moment of clarity for me. (laughs) 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Let me go over here to Dean. Hello, Dean. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Hey, I'm well. What's up? I understand about, like, NGOs and, and, like, natural disasters and where more is better and everything, but why are they getting involved in getting American people out of Afghanistan? Shouldn't America be getting Americans out? I mean... Who can do more than than them? Or am I looking at a perfect world or something? Well, no, they made the, I mean, Joe Biden set a deadline. That's, and that was that. We had to get everybody out by the deadline. So. So what you're, what you're saying is that those people that are left over there, they are forgotten. And yeah. the America, the government does not care what happens to them. That well, the only way they're going to get out is through NGOs. Probably, yeah. I don't know if it's fair to say that the government doesn't care about them, because I think the government will care about them if they end up in uh, hostage videos and getting decapitated. Uh, I think they may care then. I, I mean, like, they care about the impact on, you know, approval ratings like that. Yeah, but not not like what you were just speaking of, like, if you're a Christian, your responsibility doesn't end there. They're, they're saying their responsibility does. Anything else now is just... Uh um, save their careers or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they, they they had a firm deadline. They wanted out by that deadline, and they got out. And anybody left behind was, yes, left behind. And that's why they're trying very hard to, you know, change the, uh, change the conversation to something other than Afghanistan. Um, unfortunately for them, there's a pretty big uh, anniversary date coming up, so I'm not sure they're going to be able to dodge it for the next few days. But I appreciate the call, Dean. No, the... Yeah, this is why NGOs are there. They are there because they have to be. Now, there are some NGOs that were there doing work, helping, you know, people, Afghans, uh, Muslims, right? Not not just Christians. There were a bunch of people that were there, these NGOs that were helping the citizens of Afghanistan, and they were left behind. And I've 
I, I think I told one story about this a week ago, roughly, where, uh, you know, there was a woman and she was uh, an American. I believe she was an American citizen or maybe dual citizenship, but she was over there working as, uh, you know, in this capacity and um, as an NGO, like trying to help women get educated, I think was her uh, NGO. And when the Biden administration made the announcement and they started pulling out troops and all of a sudden all of the, the uh, cities and the provinces started falling she became like people started showing up at her doorstep. All of these people that she had helped before, they are now showing up at her doorstep asking her to help them now. And what does she do? What would you do? Would you stay behind to try to help get them out? Knowing that you may be the bridge that connects them to an American, to an NGO, to some exit strategy. Or would you say, Nope, sorry, got to get to the airport before the deadline and leave all of them behind. And that was the position she was put in. And then to hear, you know, the the government, the Biden administration say things like, well, anybody who's left behind, they're there because they want to be there. Not necessarily the case, you know. Uh, So there were some NGOs that were there before. And now you've got others that are going in there to try to yeah, exfil all these people that were left behind. So... Uh, We'll talk a little bit about this with Congressman Dan Bishop in a moment after the news. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Joining me now on the the warm line is uh, Congressman Dan Bishop from North Carolina's Fighting 9th District. Dan, how are you? I'm great. I'm great, Pete. I like that. Good afternoon. Uh, so I hope you're doing well. Uh, it's been a while since a couple, I probably I don't know a couple months since we spoke last, and um, so a couple things have happened. I'm sure you're probably aware. There's uh, we're out of Afghanistan, and uh, that looks like it went pretty smoothly, uh, according to all the reports <laughs> I've seen. Um, I have seen. All right. In all seriousness, I have seen uh, and heard on the right. Um, there is a there there is a growing chorus, let's say, of people who are wanting Republicans in Congress to advance some sort of, and I don't know what it would be, but some sort of penalty, some sort of punishment for how badly this was handled. Is there any, I mean, I know you're in the minority in Congress, but is there any chance that something like that flies? Is there any chance that Republicans do something like that? And if so, what what could it even be? Let me answer in general terms for a minute, Pete. There, there are a lot of things that are happening, Afghanistan maybe being the biggest debacle of all. And what you just made reference to, there's a great intensity out there of a lot of people who want Republicans to do something. And they're very frustrated. I share their frustration. But to the point you also just made, there are great limitations on what no, no. And uh, Nancy Pelosi controls everything that happens, and she's taking every step to make sure nothing escapes her control. So, I, all right, so that's a. But you do have a lot of members who are who are talking about, and and the, you know, you can do things without process, without the ability to issue subpoenas, in which requires chairing the committees that are relevant. But there are a lot of people. I mean, the main thing is you got particularly guys who have been 
who served in Afghanistan, a lot of the military, former military members of the Republican conference who are hammering the administration. And it does have an effect. It's something that people hear about. But in terms of imposing consequences for General Milley and uh, for uh, Lloyd Austin and the president, that's going to take that's going to take some time, and it's going to take a change in the in the in the uh, power mm-hmm. situation in Washington. That's got to happen next. Is that the only? <clears throat> excuse me. Is that the only way that that happens? Is there? I you know I know trying to trying to get some you know reporters to come cover a Republican press conference <laughs> you know, uh, might yeah. might be kind of difficult, and they may it, not. It is. Uh, yeah, Pete. It is a frustrating. In fact, I will say this: if if you take the entire picture from serving Congress, people don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. It just irritates them to think about it, probably. But we're on August recess. The twentieth is happening. It's not uh, in Washington, except for one moment. Pelosi's called us back for two days, August twenty through twenty four, to pass. They're, for them to ram through their three point five trillion dollar budget resolution that they're gonna that they did without any Republican votes whatsoever. And and we go back up next week for markups. They're now in this very details in that massive spending bill, faster than ever would otherwise, you know, normally no way they could keep this get this scheduled on. So we're gonna go up for a couple days for that. But otherwise, we're, we've got two more weeks out of session. I mean, Pelosi keeps us out of Washington because the differences between the two parties is a gap of only about three votes. And I think she's worried that some Democrats might get together with some Republicans and create problems. So you see, this is orchestrated completely to keep Republicans from having any more impact than she could possibly stage manage. And the press cooperates with her. Yeah. Uh, so just a heads up here, um, whatever cell service you are in right now is uh, it's not great. So I, mean, I don't know, maybe you're like, run, if you're walking laps or something, you just stop. That would be <laughs> just stand still because this is a good cell that you're in right now. I don't know if you're traveling, but uh, so we've you, so you're you were kind of breaking up there. But I think we got the the general uh, the general idea. Let me shift over to the COVID side uh, now because uh, the president I just saw he's getting ready to do some big. Uh, speech tomorrow, I think, uh, about COVID. Um, but we also just saw this report. I don't know if you've seen it, the uh, the new details that The Intercept uh, has gotten that apparently uh, this U.S.-funded research several types of, on several types of coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. They got like 900 documents and kind of seems like Dr. Fauci may not have been telling the whole truth the last time he appeared in front of Congress to answer questions about this stuff and got into a fight with uh, Rand Paul about it. Um, have you seen this report yet? And what are your thoughts? We'll start there. I have seen it. And let me first of all say to your listeners, I'm sorry that the cell phone connection is not good. Um, I, I think the Intercept report is a um, blockbuster. Uh, you, many Americans will recall Rand Paul, uh, Senator Rand Paul, taking on Fauci very directly about whether the United States government funded gain-of-function research, directly or indirectly, in the Wuhan lab. And and Fauci, under oath, before in the Senate committee and other places, told 
Paul that didn't happen uh, and, um, and insisted on it, ridiculed Senator Paul, the new release certainly makes it appear almost incontrovertible that Fauci was lying. And, uh, and there are more than just Rand Paul who are calling at this point in time, Fauci's got to be dealt with. And his credibility, he's destroyed his own credibility. But the biggest issue of all is what in the world is the United States government doing? Making viruses in China more capable of hurting human beings. Yeah. It's, it's impossible to comprehend, but that is apparently what we're confronting. So does Fauci need to be, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know. Does the government have any ability to remove him? Is it a, I mean, it's a government post, is it not? Well, it's in, in the executive branch. And yeah. so the president of the United States is responsible ultimately for who's there. Yeah, he can remove him. Uh, and the United States Congress, I don't think, can do so directly, obviously. But the United States Congress needs to be, again, this is a question of who controls Congress. And the media and the left seem inclined never even i mean yesterday on cnn they the guy did it jim shooter did an interview with fauci didn't even raise this intercept report intercepts on the left yeah it's not like it's a right-wing organ and uh, and you know it's like there's <laughs> many people put their heads in the sand but tom cotton has joined Rand paul in saying if this is what it appears to be fauci needs to be prosecuted not just relieved i heard mike gallagher from the one of my colleagues in the house say the same thing last night i agree with that um this is you know it, it, it's just people have to be held to account do you think that that actually occurs anymore uh it i think the american people are losing faith that it occurs I worry about it very substantially. I watched lots of things through the administration of the last president in which people who were in power, bureaucrats, intelligence officials, FBI officials, time and again have done things and were promised accountability. I mean, where's the Durham report, right? Yeah. Uh, We never see it. And, And I, you know, there are many ways in which there are fundamental um, real questions over whether our constitutional republic functions any longer or if it's merely a shill for a ruling class that runs things the way they want to. Donald Trump called it the deep state. Some people just, just don't, they don't like the term, but people need to reflect on how things are working. Now, i tell you one thing, the American people, the first thing they can decide, it's not that I would say Republicans have been perfect. They're not. I'm frustrated with the Republican Party myself, but they better return some authority to Republicans if they want any prospect that any of this will be dealt with. Congressman Dan Bishop, I appreciate you making time for us this afternoon. Doors always open. Love to have you in uh, studio and uh, shake your hand after, what, a uh, decade. <laughs> Great to be with you, Pete. And we will get a, I'll be there next time so you don't get the cell phone screwing things up. Oh, there you yeah. go. See, so that, that I was actually, it wasn't even true. You had a great, you had great cell connection. I'm, I just used that as a ploy. That's media types. you got to watch us. <laughs> Thanks. All righty. Uh, Congressman, Congressman Dan Bishop from the 9th District, we appreciate your time as always. And you still don't want to let him have any fun. What's that say about you? Stay connected. Brett Winterbull. This afternoon, 3 to 6. 
WVT, your home for Panthers football. No, honestly, there was bad sell perception. <laughs> no, seriously, there was. It was a bad sell. Like, I almost, at one point, I almost just said, like, call him back. We're going to have to scrap it and... It was funny that like it improved literally after you you outed him for. <laughs> well, sometimes people when they're on the phone, they're doing stuff, they're walking around, and sometimes it sounds like a cell drops or something. But don't, don't, they, don't, if they've got it pinched up against their shoulder, they could you know be muffling it. They could be you know you never know. So so you just tell them, and then usually what I have found is that don't, you, don't they will, stop moving. Don't will this into existence. <laughs> what don't, it was pure luck. No, it wasn't. I've done this. No, sometimes because you can tell if people stop moving around and the cell stays good, then it's then you know it was because they were moving around and they're just in a spot where they had bad cell service. If they walked like to the other end of the house, you would have a bad connection. I, I've, I've done a lot of interviews in my twenty years. I can tell you this with with certainty. That is true because <laughs> okay, if if the cell service had continued to be bad, then it would not have been his. Him moving around. That's how you know the difference. Okay. You're, you say that like, I'm lying. I'm <laughs> like, I'm telling you the truth. That's the way that works. Um, so newly released documents provide details of U.S. funded research on several kinds of coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. This is according to TheIntercept.com, which this was the publication that was started by Glenn Greenwald who then became so woke that Glenn left, right? This is is hardly a right-wing publication. The Intercept has obtained more than 900 pages of documents detailing the work of EcoHealth Alliance, a U.S.-based health organization that used federal money to fund bat coronavirus research at the Chinese lab. The trove of documents includes two previously unpublished grant proposals that were funded by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which, like, if I'm the allergy people at this point, I'm like, yo, can we break away from you guys? Like, we're just allergies over here. Like, nobody has a problem with us. We are not controversial. Um, also, the unpublished grant proposals that were funded, uh, were uh, as well as uh, project updates uh, that was included in this document dump, that was also related to Eco Health Alliance's research, which has been scrutinized amid increased interest in the origins of the pandemic. I love that that little uh, crafting of the sentence there, which has been scrutinized amid increased interest, like the view from nowhere. Right? That's the that that's how they're approaching that sentence, which is like though there's increased interest for some reason. Yeah, because Trump isn't president anymore, and now media is allowed to examine the lab leak theory. Because you guys didn't want to touch that. Oh, I've got... See, so much of journalism is actually just keeping a record of things that are said in real time and then being able to refer back to them at some point in the future. And in this case, it's not even really... It's only been like a year. <laughs> it's not even that long ago. I have... It's, it's one of the things that makes my life as a, as a radio nomad more difficult is I have file cabinets... Filled with papers, files, I print all of this stuff out, and I've got files on a lot of stuff. Now, the last move, I will say, I I did discard a lot of it. I Like, I went through it, I threw out a lot of stuff um, that was in there from, um, 
like, yeah, 20 years ago. So I did finally, <laughs> I did finally purge some of that stuff in the last move. But this really is so much of it. And not that I'm saying I'm a journalist. I want to be clear. I'm not a journalist. I'm a talk show host. But this is what journalists are supposed to be doing is keeping a track record of things that are said and positions that are taken, things that are done. And part of the problem you have, and it's not the hollowing out of newsrooms, as I saw, uh, who was it, the CNN? Yeah, CNN. In defense of, you heard this story, right, with the ivermectin, like Joe Rogan, he's taking horse dewormer, whatever, like that stupidity. And then you had the other story that, uh, was it Rolling Stone did, and then the AP picked up on it as some hospitals in Oklahoma, and there was some doctor who was like, all of our beds are taken up by people taking horse dewormer. And it, and all you had to do to confirm that story was to call the hospital. And nobody did. And as soon as they did uh, the story, when the story went viral, the hospitals are like, um, that's not true. That guy doesn't even really work here. <laughs> the whole thing falls apart, right? And how does that happen? And how does it keep happening in one direction only? How come they always... They always make these mistakes that advance one particular kind of narrative from the left. Have you noticed that? So the response, the the excuse, let me say, the excuse that was offered up by Brian Stelter, uh, who does resemble a potato, over at CNN, um, that this this guy says, well, it's the it's the hollowing out of newsrooms. This was the 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 excuse that the mainstream media legacy outlets picked up. That it's the hollowing out of newsrooms. The AP ran that story. As somebody else pointed out, the AP has got like thousands of journalists. There's no reason why there's like a hollowing out at the AP, like why they somehow or another weren't able to make a phone call, make a simple phone call, right? That's all you had to do. And they didn't. And I know far be it for me to suggest that Rolling Stone magazine doesn't commit good journalism in Duke Lacrosse case. Right. Far be it for me to be the one to identify Rolling Stone as the as the purveyor of disinformation, an organization, an outlet that should not be believed. Weren't they the ones that also did the big story on the uh, 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 was the unnamed rape victim? And that turned out not to be true to not the Duke lacrosse case, but it was a whole different case a couple of years ago. Anyway, um, the fact that this story got all the traction it did and then the hollowing out of newsrooms as the excuse as to why it happened. That's all part of the same problem. Matt Taibbi actually mentioned this um, as well. Matt Taibbi, hardly a right winger, um, he says that the problem lay in the, uh, the problem lays in the reason the error spread, which happens to be the same reason underlying a whole bunch of other media shipwrecks in the last five years, including everything from wrong reports of Russians hacking a Vermont energy grid to tales of Michael Cohen going to Prague to the P tape to Julie Swetnick's rape accusation, to the Covington High School fiasco, to Russian oligarchs co-signing a Deutsche Bank loan application for Trump, to Bountygate, to the mass hysterectomy story, and dozens beyond. The media business has become a machine for generating error-ridden moral panics. It's Matt Taibbi, a guy from the left, also a journalist. News is next.